cool. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> it will. We've we've added a we've added an element to it. Yeah, add a little hurdle. <laughs> uh, okay, so Falcon and Invincible. Yep. Okay, cool. Am I doing intro? You can do it unless you want me to do it for a change. Uh, if you want to, I mean, I feel like I've <laughs> been hogging it. I guess. Well, I'll, well, uh, I'll give you a break for one for one week. <laughs> one week. That's it. One week. <laughs> one week. Okay. Okay. So three. Two, one. Hello, and welcome back to the Marvelous Cinema Podcast. Don't be alarmed, it's just me doing it this time. <laughs> Easing us in. We've decided to yeah. do, give Henry a break for one week. Just one it's week. It's only Matthew this week, not me, just by himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the, what you're hearing from Henry now, just edit, edited in. That's not... Yeah. He's not really here, it's just me. I'm going to be talking to myself for now and off. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm Matthew, mm-hmm. your co-host... Uh, I'm Henry. <laughs> yep, the other coast. Yep. And as always, we're here, we're back. Um, before we get started on our week's topic and what we're going to discuss, I'd like to sort of ease you in the direction of our Instagram and our Twitter, where we do reviews and opinions, and you can interact with us, and it's all lovely. It's a community, mm-hmm. you know, people come together and hate each other. <laughs> um, so. About movies. <laughs> But no, it's, uh, it's 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 going well. We're six hundred followers strong. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Cross that yeah. barrier. We have, we've sort of slowed lately, but you know we have been posting a bit less because things are happening. Mm, there's a world <laughs> to deal with. <laughs> yeah, we have to deal with the consequences, like true heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of being heroes, <gasps> we are talking about two shows where people are learning to become heroes. Nice. Good one. Yeah, that's a good one, it. Yeah. Do you think they'll pick me up for a professional broadcast based on that? Uh, that quick thinking? I think, you know, maybe on like a, a good Sunday, you know. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I won't tell that as a no. <laughs> um, so, would you. Obviously, obviously, we're talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier and Invincible, which finished yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to start? Um, do you want to give like your consensus, like just your general opinion on the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. We'll we'll start with Falcon. Um, okay. I would say that for me, I thoroughly enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I may it may have just edged above one division in my mind for the Marvel shows. I, I, I like how it's been able to do sort of more heavier political things. And it's done exactly what, you know, I was hoping for with these shows in that you've got more of the character focus and letting us breathe with these characters. The events aren't as big a scale as the films, which mm-hmm. is good stuff. And we've yeah. just, we're just spending time with characters in between things, going on a bit, a bit of a little journey. Um, I would say it's not, it's not perfect. I think mm-hmm. that, especially after one division, there are a few common issues between the two. I think um, the main two being that going into the the finales mm-hmm. of both shows, the, the the pacing is slightly off. I think. I think, but 
I think it's something that as we get more shows will probably be eased out because I think for the most part, given how this is entirely a film universe up until now, for them to jump into TV and do it like this, they've they've, they've stuck it pretty well. I think they've blended pretty well. Mm -hmm. and There are just these few things like handling the finale, which haven't been haven't been 100%. Also, yeah. I think they've had a slight villain problem. Uh I kind of agree, yeah. <laughs> what are your what are your general thoughts? Um I do think um on the whole it is I think one of my favorite kind of MCU things that they've been doing for the past, you know, few years. Um mm-hmm. I think I've definitely on the whole now that's all like now that's all completely out there and we can watch it and compare it. I do think that it is better than One Division. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of, I think for me, what this show managed to do was something really special from the get go, essentially, which was, and I think I knew I was going to love this show, no matter where the finale or where the plot went, because of the first episode, which was mm-hmm. forty minutes of the two characters not even really meeting, but just spending time with them in their own lives, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's when I knew I was probably going to love this show, and I absolutely did on the whole. Um, I think maybe since, like, it's probably my favourite Marvel thing since, like, MCU thing since, like, probably, like, Black Panther and Guardians Falling 2. Um, <laughs> it really is, like, I think it's particularly great. And like you said, I, I've had, like, I do have flaws of it, especially... It's odd because looking, comparing the Marvel TV shows now that we have them both out, um, it's interesting that the third episode and the final, like the finale episode, are both my least favorite in both series. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I think is it the third episode of One Division where like they finally explain things. E- I, I think it's the fourth one of One Division. Okay, the but fourth there are one, more okay. episodes in One Division. Yeah, so I think there's. Yeah, I think there's a weird kind of, I don't know how to put it, but like I think, I think I know how to criticize the finale, but not quite the, the the third episode of this season where it just felt a bit kind of, we're just doing things for the sake of, you know, callbacks and references and, kind of plot setups for later on. Um, but thankfully, the show didn't really do that ever again. I'll be honest, I don't really think it ever got into that like deep of just MCU you know, shenanigans. Um, he is, you know, he is Gmo and he is like the power broker and who is this person and whatever. Um, but I never really did that again. And I found it, I definitely think that a show has a weak ending, not a bad ending. I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. good ending. Um, it's just kind of, and I think we'll probably talk about it more later, but there's one character in particular I just don't understand what they're trying to do with. Um, and it's, confusing <laughs> um, if it's the character I think you're talking about I might have an answer for you okay well I was talking about John Walker oh okay no then I don't have an answer for you you're talking about Carly I'm talking about Sharon <laughs> oh Sharon oh yeah I mean can if you can please explain that as well <laughs> <laughs> I, I might have a possible explanation we'll get to it I'm sure okay um, but yeah I on a whole I think when it comes to this show I enjoyed, I well, I love the the characterization and the character arcs and the deepening of the, you know, the mm-hmm. two primary the title of the show, um, and I love that so much so that I kind of 
gave kind of like a blind eye to some of my little flaws along the way. Um, mm -hmm. I love what they were doing with John Walker until the finale, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, where I just thought they just really just rushed through a, an ending for that character. Um, mm -hmm. And I love what they were doing, like the morally kind of grey and, and ambigu uh, ambiguous kind of the flag smashes and Carly again until the finale where I was kind of like, did you, did they know where they were going with this? Um, and, but yeah, I think on the whole, it is a, it is definitely one of my favorite Marvel things coming out recently. Um, but yeah. Um, do you want to talk about, uh, like your favorite, maybe like moment in the entire series? Um, I think there are quite a few to, to, to pick from. I think the obvious one people are automatically going to go to is the episode four, or particularly the ending of episode four, which I do think might be the strongest episode for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of entertainment factor, I think it certainly is because you have a lot of you have these big action sequences. And you have the episode managed to capture a great sense of momentum. Yeah, it's the one I think it's, I think it's called "The Whole World Is Watching." Um, I think it has, a, it has an excellent like sort of sense of momentum, sense of building up, and a sense of tension as well at the end. Um, I also, I really liked the way, obviously spoilers, by the way, but the I, I liked the way they handled the reveal that John Walker had taken the serum. Yeah. Because my big worry was was he'd have this whole drawn-out section where he's, he's got the injector or whatever, and he's thinking, do I do it, do I not? Mm -hmm. I just like the fact... He, we, we see him take it, and then the next time we see him, he's bloody bending metal bars <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> um, and and that's sort of an example of maybe the pacing done right. You don't have those unnecessary scenes. Um, mm -hmm. Another moment, I know, I know the like we said, the the finale wasn't the strongest of things, but the reveal of Sam with mm -hmm. Sam's outfit, I think that was pretty excellent. I think that was a brilliant moment. What do you think of the 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 suit? The suit, hmm. I I definitely uh, like it a lot. Um, I think it's one of those things though where it's the first time, and I can't. There are definitely some moments where it looked a bit awkward, um, but I do really like the design of it, and I think it's one of those things where I think it, next time we see it, it'll probably have you know some improvements that make it look a little bit a bit less kind of hard to move around in. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But and I didn't even recognize, didn't even know that too recently. But um, I watched like the behind the scenes thing that came out yesterday um, on the show, and it was mm. I didn't even realize, but the like the material, like the I think around like the neck and the and the actual face was like it wasn't as like tight as it looks like it in the show. Like in the, when mm. you see like the real footage, it's kind of like you can like it bends and it has like a it's kind of like all over the place, <laughs> but. <laughs> Like in post production, they kind of just like CG kind of smoothed it out. Um, I didn't even realize that, so I think it's very impressive that they demand to do that. But mm -hmm. I love, yeah, I definitely love the shoot overall. And I think it's a pretty perfect design, um, and I love that the both times now in the the TV shows like ending on full on comic book, you know, uh, costumes, um, mm. which has been really interesting because I feel like Marvel have. Not avoided. I don't think they've ever avoided, but I always think they've put their own, you know, leather military spin on it. Um, and now they're kind of just doing it, which is interesting. Um, and I can't wait to see, like, how they 
do other costumes that aren't quite as like military or like you know combat leather or whatever it is um yeah i think that's interesting that they did that and i think it's just yeah i think the best part of the finale for me was the falcon um mm, yeah. yeah or captain america so say. um and i think well moving on from that how do you feel about the 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 you know the don't put politics in my superhero stuff <laughs> um the you know the speech and the isaiah 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 mm-hmm. isaiah bradley story mm-hmm. i absolutely loved it i thought yeah same. it was really well handled and really really well well done and i i i, I can see people wouldn't but i i love that monologue at the end mm-hmm. that speech that sam gives to the the members of the um some sort of committee i absolutely loved it you know you have you have you have a lot of really powerful lines in there which i know people people complain about politics being in stuff but sometimes you just gotta say those things yeah and it's blunt and maybe even a little bit cheesy but isn't isn't that what this genre is i mean isn't isn't that what what we're here for at the end of the day <laughs> Yeah, I heard someone, like, I heard, like, a podcast or something or a YouTube video say something like, it just didn't, didn't feel very MCU. Like, they always put on, like, a kind of a different spin to the comic book genre. Mm-hmm. And I always think, but it is still, like, sure, they treat it pretty realistically and they try to keep it grounded, but mm-hmm. it is still a guy wearing the American flag with a indestructible shield. <laughs> like, let's yeah. not go too far of, like, the idea of this is just a grounded show. Um but uh, yeah, I totally agree. I, lo- I love the everything. Every scene with Isaiah Bradley was like, oh, is it going to be like the favorite scene for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. And I, I know I said that maybe the, my my favorite episode was the the one with John Walker and the shield, the the mm-hmm. bloodied shield. I for in, for entertainment factor that episode four is probably the best show. But if you're talking depth and something really enjoyable that we haven't really had from the MCU before, then that fifth episode is probably the one where you, you just... this is A lot of heavy character stuff. A lot of heavy character stuff, a lot of boat building. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, you have that interaction between Sam and Isaiah, which is some powerful stuff. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was always thinking when I was watching it that it's interesting... Because um, I think for a while now, uh, like maybe like since like 2016, we haven't really seen our like the characters, the Marvel superheroes really interact that much with actual like civilians and people that aren't a part of like the main Marvel like uh, you know universe and like uh, people that are like aware of the plot. If that makes sense. It's more. Like we don't really see anyone's family or mm. um, you know home life as much as we may, may often like phase one. Um, yeah. But and I have to I really love this and I think this is part of my really this immediate like like um, love and adoration of the show was just seeing Sam go to his house and with his sister um, and you know like have it, uh, rebuilding the boat and kind of going to the bank and trying to get a loan. Um, I really. I, I mean, well, my favorite superhero movie is Spider Man Two, and that movie is all about you know <laughs> going to the bank trying to get a loan, <laughs> um, and you know I think that's the, probably the best thing about these characters is the the kind of the kind of um, the the split between you know people that are indestructible and can do all these amazing things, but at the same time 
trying to, you know, <laughs> build a board um, and trying to like keep a legacy alive and in some way. And just, I feel like that's when I just knew that this show was going to be something not just different, but I think for me at least, like kind of like special um, mm. in the MCU. Um, and yeah, I just think it was very nice seeing these people interact with people outside of the, I don't know how to put it, but like there's a difference. There's like obviously like an obvious difference between Sam's sister or like Bucky's like uh, uh, old man, like the old like grandpa friend and mm. someone like Sharon Carter or, uh, you know, uh, Zemo. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that was really interesting. Um, and I think from that, do you want to talk about, I guess the way the show was filmed and like the actual, I think when you come down to it as an action show, do you feel like the action delivered? I think for the most part, yes. I think it's, there's outstanding sort of sequences. You have um, Sam and Bucky versus John Walker. Yeah. Well, episode five is probably a particular standout. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was pretty brilliant. Um, the stuff in the in the, the the first episode as well was pretty great. Mm-hmm. On the on the on the plane and the action sequences through the canyon. Yeah. Um, I did think it sort of lost it a bit in the finale. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I think that 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 sort of comes down to um, one sort of I don't really. Uh, I suppose, I suppose it is a problem with the finale in that it felt like it should have been a half an hour longer. It yeah, it just felt like I'm not even not even adding that much, just letting things breathe. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like you have you have Sam and Batrock at the start of the finale, mm-hmm. and it's sort of you don't really see it. Yeah, you see little bits, and it's oddly cut in between um, between Bucky and. And um, Bucky, Carly, and and John. Actually, no, I don't think John enters at that point. But um, around then, I just feel like you've got this opportunity where you have you have Sam in the suit for the first time with the shield, and you're getting to Batrock, who is the MCU's martial arts wild card. <laughs> you're not he just really out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not really going to get a better opportunity for martial arts than with Batrock. Yeah, and I feel like that should have been something more. You know, it's his it's, it's first fight with Sam. Mm-hmm. It's, and yet we didn't really see that much of it. Yeah, it's, um, I thought it was more often than not really uh, impressive. Um, yeah. I think in particular, like you said, like the first episode of like the big, the big, you know, money, we've got money to do this uh, flying sequence <laughs> yeah. um, was really great. Um, and I think, I think our, the action kind of high point was probably definitely, um, uh, Sam, Sam and Bucky versus John Walker, because I think it was just an incredible mix of just trying to do this one thing. I think it's a very good um, parallel, parallel as well of like of um, Peter Parker trying to get off the the glove from Thanos <laughs> and mm-hmm. Bucky trying to get off the shield. Yeah, um, I loved that kind of really weird kind of parallels. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I was I think obviously the obvious comparison you can make is between that and Civil War, but that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I think it's uh, to kind of to criticize the finale as well. I think there are definitely moments where the finale, like you said, did need more time. Um, I think for me, like the moment of oh wow, we are just rushing through this was when um, um, it kind of comes to a head where Carly 
Sam and Sharon are kind of underneath, like in this basement kind of place. Mm-hmm. And in a space of like five, maybe four or five minutes, it's like, okay, so Sharon is the power broker. Carly didn't know, but she knows now. Carly, oh, here's Captain America. They have a very weird kind of not very well constructed fight. <laughs> um, and then at some point she gets shot and then and then we're just the plot's done and now we're having slow time <laughs> as like oh we actually did just finish it up there okay mm-hmm. um yeah i was i was i was thinking during that scene because you have a confrontation happening between carly and sharon and batrock and sam and then mm-hmm. it cuts to the other um the other super soldiers and yeah. they're going through the streets and it's like, here we go, here we go. We're gonna have we're gonna have Bucky and John versus them. Here we go, they've turned up. Get rid of the fight. Oh, 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 they've just arrested them. Oh, okay. Back to the other fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely it had like a I don't know, it's hard to really put into words of like how the finale kind of just did I think the best way to put it is it's very similar to one vision where the plot kind of just got wrapped up in the first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes was actually the, you know, the actual payoff, um, which I, I definitely enjoyed the actual, the emotional kind of ending point of the episode, the finale, um, where the characters actually like, you know, kind of had that, this is what our growth led to. Um, but I, yeah, I totally agree that the finale was a bit odd <laughs> overall, but I did <laughs> enjoy seeing Sam. I really enjoyed, um, I think it's just, you know, really became apparent ever since Wonder Woman 84, but I really enjoy seeing Sam actually spend most of his time just saving people. Um, mm-hmm. Like the yeah. people in the helicopter and all that stuff. I think that's the greatest thing you can really see in these sorts of superhero things is just people saving people, but really well. <laughs> yeah, it's like a reminder of what they actually meant to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I really, I, similar to Wonder Vision, I really, really loved the last like 20 minutes of the finale and had issues with the first half of the finale. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And it's annoying because I think my biggest criticism, and I want to hear your opinion first, of what do you think about John Walker and just how in je- how do you feel about him up to the finale and how do you feel about him after the finale? <laughs> it's sort of... I think he's excellently built up. Obviously, excellent work by Dingy Russell, by White Russell. I think he's phenomenal. And you... You have you sort of build him up excellently, and at the end of episode five, you sort of set it up so that maybe he's going to be this this, this grey area and this anti-hero type person, and you're not not quite sure exactly what he's going to do. And you imagine that you're going to end up seeing Falcon or Sam with the shield versus John with his little tin pot shield, and you sort of <laughs> yeah. I, that's sort of what I, I expected. I expected we'd have you know these three parties. We'd have Sam, Bucky, and maybe Sharon. Um, Carly and mm-hmm. the... Um, I've forgotten the name of the organisation. Flag the, Smashers? Yes, the Flag Smashers. And then you'd have John, who's maybe trying to kill the Flag Smashers, and you've got Sam and Bucky maybe trying to stop them. And yeah. yet, in the actual finale, you sort of have John just swan up and be like, yeah, I'm a good guy now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to help you all out. And that sort of... And obviously, he has that big moment where... He's given the choice of running after Carly and the Flag Smashers or saving the truck of people. And he just sort of automatically makes the choice to save the people in the truck. And this is, for me, where... This is what I'm sort of talking about when I say that the finale felt 
too fast-paced. Um, and there's, there are scenes like it, but I feel like that moment, there should have been more there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I yeah. think there should have been there should have been more more pulling at him to follow Carly, and you should have been you should have had him struggle more with the decision. I, I have no problem with him yeah. choosing to save the people, and I think that's the right decision. I think it makes for a good moment. But there should have mm-hmm. been more build-up to that. And, and another one, another... The thing that made me first think it was, for the first truck, you have Bucky trying to smash the the lock off the door. Yeah. And I thought that would be like a brilliant place to... You have Bucky desperately trying to, to save these people. I think that would be like a brilliant... If you sort of just intercut with all things from Bucky's past and really mm. make something of that moment of him trying to save these people, instead of it just being, oh, I'm going I'm to smash this, I'm going to get them out, everything's going to be all right. I really mm. wanted there to be some more weight put on it in terms of him saving these people in this in this truck is very much like he's trying to, to help himself and trying to save people. He's trying to put his past behind him. Because yeah. it, it feels like it should be a big moment of, oh, he's no longer a killer now. He's no longer the Winter Soldier. He is a hero and he's saving these people. Yeah. And there are several sort of moments where, where throughout the final where I feel like that should be a huge moment and you should be making the most of it. There should be there should be cutaway shots, reaction shots, maybe even a bit of slow motion. Yeah. Where you would normally see that in a film, yet we're just sort of doing it and moving on. Yeah. Um. It's also interesting that I think that's probably the first time we saw him use his arms like a not to hurt people <laughs> sort of situation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I know what you mean. It would have been, I think, uh, kind of, but not really. I think similar, like uh, the Winter Soldier definitely had like kind of a, a rushed finale as well. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say as like bad as John Walker, in my opinion. I think it was just kind of, he was mostly just kind of there. Um, yeah. And I think to get back onto like uh, John Walker and, and hit the finale and like anything building up to that, I think the moment that really actually kind of annoyed me was um, not necessarily the the fact that he said the people didn't really spend that much time thinking about it it was more so the fact that straight after like pretty much straight after he's like joking around with Bucky and Bucky's like joking back I'm like you two this is no <laughs> this is not where we were going with this I swear to god <laughs> um and I was positive that like it was like maybe because I mean there was always like behind the scenes production issues with this film with the show because of covid um, mm-hmm. And I did a complete assumption because to me it was so random. I assumed that it was kind of a, a rushed kind of payoff because they didn't have time to film something or whatever. But mm-hmm. then, like recently, we've been you know been hearing new quotes and like the director, the writers, and the showrunners saying that like what we wanted to do is make everyone by the end really like John Walker, and we think we've achieved that, and everyone really likes him. And I think everyone that I've seen see this tweet has went has replied to it going. Are you sure? <laughs> Who's telling you this? Um, and that was my reaction to it. I couldn't believe that they thought that people actually, you know, really love this character. I think he's a good character. I think he's the opposite of a good character. And like, in, I mean, he's a good character in the sense of way he's written. He's a good character. He's well written, but like, I wouldn't say I'm ready to like support this character as a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it was the beginning of his. We were watching him fall, fall to the dark side or whatever. And then maybe down the line, season two or Captain America four or whatever it might be, I was thinking next time we see him, we might get some sort of like mini redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking the same. 
and then just have the redemption kind of just not even really be happen because of him but kind of just be sprung upon him by situation and then having every character kind of ignore his, his existence and then uh the 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 Seinfeld woman <laughs> um giving him the the costume for black uh black agent no what do you call it USA US agent. agent um uh just, he kind of just doesn't make that many choices by the end of the show it kind of just he makes one very rushed choice to save the people in the van and then he becomes like a different character because someone said here's the costume <laughs> um I don't understand it honestly um it really confused me <laughs> um but yeah I think aside from that uh the show did so much good stuff with him up to that point mm-hmm. the point where he was like almost my favorite character but not you know, it's like the one of those things where I don't like a murderer in this film that I love, but I like him as a character that's been well written, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I just found it interesting where they're going with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was an unusual choice to to have it so quick, um, and he he, he could have he could have maybe one of the cases where I would have. Accepted it if you maybe stretched that arc out a bit more. Yeah. Instead of sort of shackling in there at the end. Yeah. Um, and on the whole, I would say that I, I did still enjoy the finale. I think there's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. I think maybe my favourite scene is in the finale, like at the end. Like, I think the actual ending scene with that, that great, like, upbeat song um, mm. and the barbecue, I think that mm. is my favourite moment in the series because I think it really just landed so well and got back to what I loved about the show at the beginning, which was people in their actual lives trying to do very simple things at the same time as doing these amazing, like amazing weird things behind the scenes. Um, Just people being people. Yeah. And I think it was so like, like lovely seeing like Bucky, like come to the barbecue, holding like a a pack of beer and like smiling. (laughs) It was like so weird seeing him smile, but like, more than like a because whenever he smiles in these movies it's always kind of like a a slight moment it's always like mm-hmm. a oh oh he had like a moment of peace um but to see him like rock up with sunglasses on and a denim jacket and a pack of beer to a barbecue full-on just like smiling and having fun i mean that was like the best i think that's probably the, my favorite scene my favorite moment in the entire mcu <laughs> <laughs> It's so lovely, <laughs> and just, like yeah, because you, you forget them. You just want these people to be happy. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely, <laughs> and just I think it's you know it's probably also I think to kind of talk about the the making of it. I think the the show looks really great too. Um, mm, yeah, it does. I think I'm really enjoying, and based off like the the Shang Chi trailer, they're definitely kind of spreading their wings and what they can do visually. Um, well, hey, he's bringing the wings. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even do that. That's so good. Um, <laughs> uh, and also, uh, what is the oh Eternals? Um, I don't know if you heard recently, but there's like a big story going around about how uh, Chloe Zhao has been suiting a lot of practical things, and Kevin Feige's reaction was kind of hilarious. <laughs> have you seen his reaction to this? Like his like I don't think I have. Very very weird comment of like. It's hilarious because it's like the most we love Kevin Feige, but like it's some producer like reaction to something where he's like, 
he showed the some people like on the Marvel boardroom, whatever you, whatever it is, um, footage from the Eternals, and he's like, he's showing them all this footage, and it's like he's like scream. It's almost like having like a panic attack, going, "Oh my god, it's real! Like this isn't CGI. It's all real." And it's like <laughs> apparently all the shots are like are just off mountains and water, and that's it. And he's like, "Oh my god, people actually filmed this. It's amazing!" And like. That doesn't sell you right. That doesn't. That doesn't sound good, Kevin. <laughs> I just. Um, I just. I like how he, how he's into it. Yeah, he's he's excited about you know people filming mountains. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's on the whole, I I would go far and say I, I love this show. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite MCU thing for the past like three or four years. Um. I, I I mean I loved you know Endgame Infinity War, um, and I real I've enjoyed different Marvel things and I've enjoyed One Division, but I think this is just it felt like a show specifically for me, <laughs> um, and kind of like what I want from these sort of superhero stories. Um, mm. I think yeah, would you have that high of a praise for it? I'm I'm very much the same. Yeah, I think I. I absolutely adore Endgame and, and Infinity War. They are probably my, my top MCU things. But I, like I said sort of at the start, I love the fact we are just spending time with these characters and it's all I all I wanted from these shows. I don't want big world-ending events to happen. I, I want this to be Sam and Bucky going on their little journeys, helping each other out a little bit. Um, yeah. And that, that was... That was to me is perfect, and the fact that it it had that enha- there was sort of maybe enhanced visuals where there's more sense of craft. I mean, I don't mean to insult the other Marvel films because you know to be able to make films on this level, um, they do require craft, and they have more craft in them than people maybe give them credit for. But this felt like they were making choices, as you would say. <laughs> I think you've said that in the past yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> There are more choices and there are more mm-hmm. different things in there, to put it sort of vaguely. And that's what's helped maybe make this particularly brilliant. I would say I prefer it over One Division. I think it held its consistency a lot more than One Division did. Yeah, um, I agree. And yeah, um, on sort of also on a side point, I love how they have sort of seamlessly been able to make Sam into everything that. We know about Captain America and everything we love. That sort of the, the demeanor and the things that Captain America would do, I think that's brilliant. How they've integrated that with Sam's personality as well. Like it feels natural. It doesn't just feel like Sam's been transplanted with the Captain America personality. It very much feels <laughs> like this is him and it's not Steve Rogers. It's somebody different with their own personal journey and they're still bringing something to the table. Other than the literal wings, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it it feels like Sam, but he embodies that sort of supportive, peaceful nature. And I think the peak of that for me probably came when you know when Sam's giving that advice to Bucky in episode five. You know, he's telling him yeah. about genuinely helping people, and as well, it's the point where I realised how this all makes sense because if you remember where we found Sam in Winter Soldier, he's a he's a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's. Um, it was really cool seeing um, them two 
I think maybe my second favorite scene in the show, aside from Bucky having a pack of beer, um, was um, them kind of throwing the shield about, but just having mm-hmm. a trap. I think that was amazing. Um, <laughs> and I like you said, like, like him being a, like a previous kind of counselor, I think for like PTSD, PTSD um, people, um, how, him having that sort of ability in his back pocket, um, this is an interesting thing because... Whilst like Steve Rogers was kind of an inspirational speech kind of guy, um, there is something different and kind of, uh, I guess, more complex about you know having uh, this character be a person who can actually you know from an actual background talk to people and actually mm-hmm. have a conversation with people like professionally. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's interesting, definitely, and I think again, like I think for me, the favorite like the favorite like part of the show was. Like seeing like Bucky and, and uh, Sam kind of like walk away from the after the big after the the big speech, and like Bucky kind of taps him on the shoulder like, "Hey, we're friends." <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I want. Um, and yeah, and I think we, we keep on saying this. I think about his shows, but I uh, by chance like watched the 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 scene after, at the end of Endgame where the shield is given to Sam, um, and having like the knowledge of where this goes and. The conversations about what it means to be a black man, you know, having the shield, um, and how Sam and uh, Steve, re- like in the show, kind of at least well, Bucky realizes that it was, it was wrong of them to kind of say, "Here you go, here's a shield," and not understand mm-hmm. what it kind of meant. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a brilliant and, touch. Yeah, and I think it's fascinating, and I think it's going to be fascinating more and more watching these t- these TV shows, and then rewatching or watching new movies and realizing this how much pressure these things are putting on these people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, like, I mean, I can't wait to see, like, for example, like, you know, Don Cheadle, like, his war machine, what has he been doing outside of these movies? Um, mm-hmm. And looking back to, like, Iron Man 2 or whatever it might be, Age of Ultron, and just realising that, oh, he had, like, he had two kids, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he might have, like, a whole family. We don't know. Um, and I can't wait to see that, because that'll be so incredible to see. Um and it adds a lot of, I think, a lot of needed depth for these characters. And I think because the movies only have time for the main kind of characters, um, it's nice having this sort of um, kind of intimacy with different characters that aren't just the main people that we already know. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think these shows are really good. Like, we have our issues, but, like, they're going in the right direction, definitely. <laughs> they are, and, um, yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's top level MCU stuff. Definitely, yeah. If I was have, definitely... like I say, a favourite character, I would say either Bucky or Sam, probably Sam, but I think Bucky also comes out of it pretty strongly as well. And yeah. Pretty I... strong, that's an understatement. He comes out of it really well. I think both of them have yeah. phenomenal art. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, you know, Bucky has been kind of like almost a, the plot device of so many films from, from like the Civil War, for example. He kind mm-hmm. of, he's kind of like a driving plot factor, but with like, a, you know, a human being as the plot factor. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's like underutilized particularly. Or I don't think he's like not well used, but I do think he's kind of being kind of, I think the best way to use it is like kind of used by the scripts instead of being, you know, um, actually like, trying to be a real character um mm-hmm. and having i mean the best thing about the show is like you know i've rent from 
liking Bucky, but not particularly mm-hmm. having an attachment to him as a character by himself outside of like Steve Rogers. Um, I went from liking Bucky just enough to genuinely like my one of my favorite scenes is now of him going to a barbecue. Like <laughs> that's that's like literally the jump we the jump we've made in this show. Um, yeah. And then like yeah, we have our finale issues, and I think I think it's going to be interesting that these early shows have such similar issues because I think when you look back to Phase One of Marvel, like every film had like a kind of a weak villain. Um, mm. The third act was always a bit kind of iffy. I think it's going to be interesting seeing these shows develop and kind of get rid of these issues and mm. hopefully become you know perfect. But you never know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I genuinely think they are just teething issues, just issues easing into that format. And I think I think they will they will disappear with time. Yeah, I think they will too. Um, mm. And even then, I don't think it's anything too bad so far. Yeah. Um, um, like I promised earlier, um, one thing, Sharon Carter. Oh, yeah. It's a bit of a leap. I, 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 I will grant it. It's a bit of a leap for her to go from what she was in Civil War to the power broker. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an explanation for this, I think. Okay. My theory is she is Mephisto. Oh, my I'm Lord. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. I'm joking. I was so interested to see where I was going to go. <laughs> but I do have a theory, and this is a genuine one. Okay. I think she's a Skrull. Ooh, okay. I think she's been replaced well, replaced by a Skrull. I think that the Sharon Carter we've had in this show is a, a, is a, a Skrull. Mm-hmm. Because I think one thing that I, if I was sort of mainly sort of say from Falcon and Winter Soldier that is sort of missing a little bit is that there's not much in here that is setting up the future. I mean, I mean, obviously you have you have um, Sam become Captain America, and that that sets up the future. But there's none none of those sort of details that we're sort of used to from previous MCU films, particularly in Phase Two and Three, where you know there's been like a little nod. There's been something in the corner, like how how Captain Marvel has the Tesseract in it, for example. Yeah. There's not really there's not really been that in these shows, and I feel like. I feel like they wouldn't have made them without getting something in. <laughs> right. And I, I think that's what this is. I think that they are setting up, because obviously we know Secret Invasion's coming, and I think it makes sense to embed a character like this in there. So I, I, I think that... Mm-hmm. And as well, I do I do actually still think that Sharon Carter's arc works. It's a leap, but I think it works just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see how you can go from being the person she is in Civil War to being completely cast aside while the people that you helped are now heroes again. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm 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 banking on it being a scroll. Yeah. Um I will I will go with it, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't I honestly like why not? I mean Nick Fury was a scroll for the entirety of a movie. So mm-hmm. I guess Sharon Carter could be a scroll. Um I guess on whilst he was definitely for me kind of a one of the kind of unfortunately kind of rushed parts of the show. Mm, um, yeah. I I do kind of like on a kind of like a kind of a, a meta level of. I don't really think the people writing Civil War or Winter Soldier or any of the Avengers movies kind of knew what to do with Sharon Carter. I always think no, they kind didn't. of. I always think when you think of that character, he's always been thought of as the person in in relation to uh, Steve Rogers. Um, so I think they've always been kind of in a, like in a limbo where they're like, she exists, but we don't know what to do with her. Um, <laughs> and I think it's kind of, it kind of works for me on a kind of like a meta level that 
her, her, you know, her reappearance is brought with her becoming a really active character who is making really drastic decisions and kind of doing the opposite of what we expect. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like she's being so annoyed at the fact that people don't know what to do with her that she's kind of just kind of acting out. Um, but yeah, I do agree that it's definitely an off-screen kind of, oh, she just did this off-screen, I guess, and now she's a bad guy. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I do kind of, I do kind of like it on that level, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But also, yeah, I guess scroll, it could work. I mean, I don't know, I don't know why not. The MC can do what it wants. Like MC is doing what it wants now. So <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, I, I sort of drawn us away from our general sort of wrap up thoughts on it. But yeah, I think it's been been a brilliant <laughs> show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. I think it's yeah, it's one of my favorite MCU things in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to move on to our second little topic? Um, Invincible, a TV show. Yeah. Um, Would you like to give your uh, thoughts, initial thoughts, rough thoughts? I will. Um, this has been amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. What a what a lovely out of nowhere kind of surprise. Um, mm-hmm. I was like vaguely aware of it happening uh, before it came out. Mm-hmm. I knew that people really love the comic and were really excited about it. Um, I I generally thought to myself that I. I might not watch it because I just don't know what it is or what's going on or why it's so popular. Um, but then it came out and then everyone, my Twitter was just, but I, the entire like Friday it came out was just entirely invincible, just all more spoilers um, kind of things. Like, oh my God, I've got, I have to watch this now because I can't avoid it. <laughs> and I watched it, the first like couple episodes that were available and oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. It's it's so unique, but not... It's kind of like a weird thing where I have this like weird uh, reaction to whenever whenever I see a superhero TV show or movie or whatever mm-hmm. have like swearing or blood where I'm like, is it just, you know, are they just going to be edgy about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, oh, we're unique because we have blood. Um, but Invincible is, is not that sort of thing at all. It's a weird kind of contrast between it's odd it really is odd because it's kind of like imagine like richard donner superman or sam Raimi spider-man you know people the characters that are very sincere and very comic booky and very kind of like you know everything got the sun is always like a golden hour and everything you know it's always like a lovely kind of very clean line like like universe and then like imagine every once in a while people's heads get like brutally ex- exploded by a hand <laughs> um so many head explosions at some point mm-hmm. um and it just it's, it's a beautiful show <laughs> um yeah how do you feel about the show overall mm-hmm. yeah i i think similar to you in that i didn't i didn't even know this was happening i i think looking back i think i've heard the comic mentioned to me before but um, going in, I sort of had, didn't have much idea of what's going on, um, other than seeing. I think I think I saw on Instagram people were saying, "Oh, this is really good. You got to check this out." Or people going, "Oh my god, I didn't expect that," um, which obviously had me intrigued. Um, and then he sort of, I looked into it a little bit more. So a few episodes, so I thought I may as well watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a show that initially sort of intrigued me because you you go into it and it's sort of what we talked about last week, but you go in and you see that there's a like a 
rated eighteen pops up on Amazon before you go in. <laughs> yeah, and then you then you then, then I saw produced, I think even written by Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, and I thought, hang on a minute, what's going on here then? <laughs> and you, you sort of watch the episode, and it's it's well, it's a really well done sort of comic book superhero, almost, I don't want to say standard, because it's almost dismissive, but it's sort of what you might expect from a comic book, but it's still really well done. Mm-hmm. Like characters are really well fleshed out, really well established, brilliantly introduced, and excellent um, voice acting, and then bang, <laughs> you just have this colossal bloodbath at the start at the, at the at the end of the episode, which sort of makes you sort of sit up and go, "This isn't your normal comic book superhero thing." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's similar to you. I think the violence is really well used throughout. And I know we sort of differ on this, and something that which people might hate me for. But I'm not a massive fan of the boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to me, the boys definitely falls into the category of R-rated makes it cool, and we're we're good with that. And superhero has gone bad. And look at us. Yeah. We're cool. We're a bit edgy. We've got a grey filter. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, don't get me wrong. I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed watching it. I just didn't love it or really like it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have Invincible, which feels with the animation style and with the story it's telling us all a lot of the subversion that it does. It feels like it's doing a lot more with the violence because mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just sort of. Every it's in your face all the time, mm-hmm. like it's it feels like it's only used when it needs to be, yeah. Um, and that's what sort of you know, especially that that first episode, but as well, you know, you have the finale, and as well, when Invincible gets beaten, I think about halfway through, is it mm-hmm. by yeah. the, the the concrete crime lord, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and by that massive lion thing with a big old hammer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, is there any? What, would you say you had a favorite episode? Um, I do think my, I do think my favorite episode is the final, like the finale. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's something. I remember watching it. I think this, this is by the end of it. I remember thinking that that was so well balanced. Um, mm-hmm. It was. It. I think for me, the point that really like took the landing and made it. Like a concrete, this isn't just an edgy show. It's definitely way more than that. It it knows what it's doing and it's doing it very well. Mm-hmm. Um, was I think the moment for me was um, when Mark gets like punched by Nolan. By the way, spoilers. We want to say um, when Mark gets punched by Nolan and he goes like flying through like all those buildings and crashes into the into the, like the the city, and mm-hmm. everyone a lot of people a lot of people die. <laughs> um, I think the moment for me that really solidified it as like a great TV show was the fact that when Mark gets punched, we cut to people for like a good like minute, I would say, people just doing their day-to-day tasks in the city. Mm-hmm. And it's very quiet and it's very kind of normal kind of, you know, everyday stuff. Um, and it's only like a minute in when you finally hear like the sudden kind of crash of something's happening in the distance. Oh, the building's coming down. Oh, uh, Mark's just crashing through everyone um and i think that for me like kind of highlighting the 
the small kind of human being humanity of it all and the people just doing their day-to-day and then having these people crash into that <laughs> and just destroy it with like what they can do um it was really interesting and i think i think having i think i got a better grasp on what the show was trying to do and what it was saying by finale as well i think because mm-hmm. when you don't because we don't really understand the why of the main kind of plot until the finale because we don't we never really know what nolan is doing and why he's doing it um mm-hmm. So finally having that kind of context of the whole mission behind his his choices and his kind of actual history of being an alien and not really caring about being a human, but more or less doing it, doing it for us, you know, he's testing out what he has to test out because it's part of his alien race to do these sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. And then having that, like, you know, the ball game, for example, where he kind of slowly seems to kind of learn about humanity and kind of softens up to the idea of being an actual father and a, and a husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having that be like a clear thing in the show, the killer, like kind of clear conflict in the show, really kind of like let me look back on like the entire show as kind of this weird kind of pull from, you know, literally invincible people and very destructible and easily killable actual humans. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it really pushed me, pushed me back to the... the first episode where like it the show opens with like two security guards talking about i think his son um mm-hmm. and like how he's he's kind of like on the he's kind of on, on the right path finally and he's doing you know they're going on a holiday together um and it, it takes up like a lot of time like you spend the first five minutes of the episode kind of like with these two security guards that never come up again like they never come back i don't mm-hmm. think um i think actual, I think the security guards with his son in London at the start of the second episode, I think. Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. But after that, I don't think they do. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't... They never really come back again like, in, like, a, you know... Um, they're not, like, a plot thread um, mm, sort of thing. No. But having that... Now having the context of what the show, the conflict is really about, and going back to that is really interesting, having, you know, that kind of really small very dramatic and human kind of scene then have that interrupted by superheroes doing their thing <laughs> um, at, at like the White House um, mm-hmm. and it's just a it's a brilliant show <laughs> and I am so excited for like what's coming and, and I, I love how well they've kind of without really doing it in a, like a, a really blunt and obvious way they've kind of set, set up a lot of things for future mm-hmm. um, but yeah how do you feel about the show? Um yeah, like I said, absolutely brilliant. And the so the way it's sort of handled the relationship between these superheroes and people all over the world, like like, like those two security guards, but also like you said during that final battle. And that final battle is, I think, will probably be a lot of people making this comparison. But when I was watching it, I was thinking it it's similar to what we saw in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can imagine sort of the impacts of. The battle being similar to how, you know, it was perceived in that DC universe. Yeah. Um, and but I just think that while I I, I really like Man of Steel and I think you do as well. Mm-hmm. I think this handled that whole thing a lot better. I I agree. <laughs> and it felt lot focused. And it felt like it was genuinely saying something. And it was genuinely heartbreaking. It was like seeing all these people, like a father and daughter, going about their business, like buying a hot dog or something. Yeah, and then the next minute you have these people tear through the city and 
everybody's dying in these brutal ways. And especially that mother and the daughter when he's trying to hold up the building. Oh my god, yeah. And it's brutal. And then the, the whole train thing. That was... The, I, like, oh my god. Because I, I think I, I texted you after, like, a no-spoilers mm-hmm. kind of reaction where I was like, I don't think I've, I've like, gasped out of pure shock that many times in, like, the space like, 45 minutes. And it was definitely the first 20 minutes of, that, of the episode where people are just dying all, all around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was that the constant kind of... Because I knew, like, a minute... or not a minute. Like, a five seconds into the, the really calm moments of, like, the city people just doing what they're doing. I knew mm-hmm. for a fact Mark was going to come through and just kill them all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I knew, you know... Because this weird thing of, like, I knew it was going to happen because the show does this all the time and it's kind mm-hmm. of but it's still shocking when like i think i mean the big moment was definitely um when he's trying to keep the building up and the, the mother mm. and, the, and her daughter and he gets to the bottom and he kind of <laughs> he tries to like pick up the people and he realizes there's no, there's no body there they're definitely dead um and it's yeah i think i gasped like i had like shocked gasped <laughs> like so many times um mm. I think and... that sort of part of the sort of brutality of all that is that you, you have um, Nolan trying to make this point to Mark about how pathetic they are and how he shouldn't care about these people. Mm-hmm. And I think what, what I sort of realised, which is both brilliantly done but sort of kind of, kind of harrowing when you think about it, is that Nolan's killing all these people, but he is literally using Mark to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's throwing Mark through the city, he's hitting, hitting with, the, with the train, but whatever he's doing, he's literally using Mark's body to kill these innocent people. He's literally yep. forcing his face into it. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's, I have to... I, I, I'm of the mind where I just want to kind of... It's brutal and gory. I just want to stand up and applaud. <laughs> <laughs> because they've just done it so well, and it's so... Yeah. Like I said, it's not just mindless, it's so well thought out, and... Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's brilliant. It feels like no second of that is wasted. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's just, I think, it's, I think the finale is actually slightly shorter than the other episodes mm-hmm. or some of the other episodes, but it just feels like every second is spent, is valuably spent. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just phenomenal. And like you said yeah. about the end, like setting up future seasons, that sort of montage we get at the end of all the villains and all the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one sort of thing, sort of attention detail level, was I found it really funny. Is you know when they're putting the two clone brothers back in the prison, mm-hmm. and they have a security guard with the neck brace, yeah, just standing next to them, <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah, I, I was here. And yeah. in fact, I'm pretty sure that security guard is probably the only sort of that kind of character that survives the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like normally, those sort of little characters of. Oh well, I'm I'm here in the background, and maybe I have a name and I have the odd line, and you're supposed to feel sorry for me. Most of those yeah. kind characters died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I. I'm one of the one of the other remarkable things is that I just love every character in this. Yeah, I do too. It's it's hard not to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even like by the end, one character that I didn't expect to but ends up really loving was was his name Cecil. Mm-hmm. The best like friend, the Nick Fury. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really ended up loving that character. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's the line in, it's the line in. Um, I think it's the the, sec- the the one before the finale where 
Mark and um, Nolan are getting beaten by a massive lizard thing, mm-hmm. massive tentacle thing, and um, yeah. uh, Mark's mum. I've forgotten her name. Uh, oof. I'm bad at oh, names. God. <laughs> oh god! Give me a minute. I'm gonna have to check because they're gonna bother me otherwise. She's played by Sandra Oh from Killing Eve. Yeah, Sandra Oh. Um, but anyway, um, his mother tells him to stop, and he said he says something like, "I can't because if." I, 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 at this moment in time, I don't know if Nolan and and Mark are on the same team, and if they're not, that's the only thing that I think can defeat them. Mm-hmm. And she says, this is why I've always hated you. And then he responds by saying, this is why I've always hated me too, or something, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And it just, it, he's like the Nick Fury kind of guy, but throughout throughout the MCU and all that, you genuinely get the impression that Sam, uh, not Sam Jackson, uh, Nick Fury genuinely likes what he's doing mm-hmm. whereas this guy hates it <laughs> yeah he really hates his life <laughs> um yeah here he is doing it and yeah and i really uh, like that character and that just sort of stands out to me how much i just love all the characters in this show well they all get time which is like kind of impressive because the show is it's only eight episodes and it's only like 45 minutes long um debbie her name's debbie <laughs> right, <laughs> um, but yeah, we have a like uh, amount of time with every character. We have, you know, it starts out very kind of simple, and Mark and Nolan and his family, uh, Debbie, um, mm-hmm. and then we have, you know, episode two as well about that little, the little kind of you know teenage superhero kind of team. Um, and then we keep we keep on adding to the mix, but never kind of losing focus every mm-hmm. episode. Um, I think that's really kind of the, the greatness of the show is kind of keeping it all in balance without ever either being, you know, I think it never becomes, unless it like it needs to in the finale, for example, but I never think it becomes, you know, either too, you know, generic superhero stuff or too edgy, violent mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think if you haven't watched it and you're, so, you're listening to this right now and you just don't care about spoilers, I guess, <laughs> but, you know, if you listen to this right now and you're thinking, oh, it's a show about, you know, at the end, everyone dies and the tra- terrible thing is really dark and depressing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's not at all. It is depressing. That Like, that part is depressing and harrowing and kind of disgusting and gory, but mm-hmm. the, the shocking part about it is not necessarily the fact that it's happening. It's more or less the fact that it's in this world, which isn't very gory, it would seem. But it is, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> like, and I think we mentioned last week that whilst I didn't, I still don't. Well, I guess I do now, but I don't. I didn't quite love the animation style when I first watched it. Um, yeah, I just think it just didn't. Not necessarily flat, but kind of just a bit too. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of generic, kind of to have that weird kind of thing where when characters fly, they're not necessarily animating flying. It's more like they're placing a character. On top of a moving background, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like a bad animation. It was just, I think it was just service, uh, serviceable. But I think as the show kept on going and the animation got, I think it did get better. But also, I think the contrast between, you know, these very clean uh, characters and very sharp lines and very, you know, you know, like a superhero, like big chin and like broad shoulder thing, um, <laughs> going from that to mm. people people's bones and like skin like bursting open and blood going everywhere <laughs> like mm. there's something generally shocking about seeing that type of contrast which i do think that having a show which looked you know realistic or very shadowy or dark or whatever wouldn't really give the show that type of contrast um mm-hmm. i think it's 
really nailed that you know that differences between the two tones very well like visually um and it's just yeah <laughs> good show man how like do you say you have any like flaws with the show any problems um i i i can't really i have mm-hmm. to be honest i think even the episodes that other people don't seem to have been that keen on even those i absolutely loved mm-hmm. um yeah. and again i've seen it a lot of people maybe complaining about mark's relationship with amber mm-hmm. but i i kind of i kind of love that too yeah. i can't really fault it um yeah because because especially like especially like you said looking back considering the animation style and that level of violence particularly in the finale and how all the themes sort of came together and it genuinely felt like everything was being brought together perfectly it meant mm-hmm. that any any problems i did have before it kind of made them make sense. Yeah, and I, I me. and I, I, th- I think I'm looking at this now and thinking this, this like first season, and, ho- and thankfully we're getting another two. This is more I think about it. It's near perfection. It and really I know is. that's a bold <laughs> thing to to come out with, and people probably disagree. But I, the more I think about it, the more I just can't fault it at all. Yeah, I mean, even even my like kind of flaws are mostly just me trying to make a flaw. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, I guess I kind of found it a bit kind of, I not even unfocused, but just kind of like, what are we doing when by the time we got to episode three or whatever, and we weren't coming back to Nolan and his whole thing? Because I, mm-hmm. you know, you see the first episode and you assume that the plot from now on is going to be Nolan and Mark, and then it's not just that; it's a lot more things in a wider world. Um, but even then, it's more or less just kind of getting used to the idea that this show is going to be very not as not as um. You know, we kind of got used to recently TV shows being very kind of six-hour movie sort of things. Um, yeah. Whereas this is very much, you know, that vertical kind of approach of it's all different stories each episode, but they do have their connections, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So I just think for me, it was kind of getting used to that because I haven't had that type of experience in a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and even the episodes where you think, well, that that's sort of more standalone and it doesn't carry the overall narrative. Like you said, you have the Nolan stuff, which is obviously the big, the big thing, but it's not really, not really addressed until maybe, like I say, the penultimate episode where people have figured out what what's going on. Um, but you have these sort of more episodic case of the week things, and I definitely feel like obviously it, mm-hmm. it became more obvious what they were doing at the end, but I think it will become more obvious even more as we get more seasons. Like yeah. it helps with that montage at the end. Like it, it goes back to you know this this the episode where he goes to space, he goes to Mars, I think, mm-hmm. and and I think the the ones like I, I've I've got the IMDb page up now, and the mm-hmm. two sort of lowest rated episodes are the the one where he goes to Mars, and then the one at the university. Oh really? Okay. Um, again, IMDb brains they don't matter. You know, nobody really. <laughs> nobody cares. Yeah. Um, but. You think I understand why people maybe had a problem with the episode, but then you get to the montage at the end and you see all these him him thinking about everything that's happened, and it calls back to an article I saw which had this in the title, but it definitely feels like he's building up a pretty phenomenal rogues gallery, <laughs> yeah, of kind of villains that he's going to face in the future, and like mm-hmm. you have that story on Mars setting up this whole invasion thing, and yeah, they don't come back to it. Mm-hmm. But it just feels superhero-y. and it feels comic booky. 
Yeah. And I, I feel like, I, I, as, as I'm sure we are aware, we have this podcast and we have so many episodes of it now by now. I'm sure people have figured out that I love comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And comic book things. And I do, obviously I do, and I don't, this isn't meant to slate any previous form, but this feels probably the purest representation of a comic book, like physically holding a comic book and flicking mm-hmm. through the pages and seeing yeah. the illustrations it is the closest thing to that, uh, probably most comic book uh, adaptations. Yeah. And that's not just done because people think it's going to look cool. And I understand that now we're at the end. It's done because it's meant to be, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. given what this show is questioning, the direction it's going, the topics it's, it's talking about, and the themes it's addressing, you need that basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, like I said, the more I think about this, the more perfect it is. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think I definitely agree with you that it's kind of like, every episode has its own issue of a big comic. It kind of feels mm-hmm. like different issues by maybe like a different writer who's bringing a different story to the same kind of idea mm. of, you know, a very pure of heart superhero thing, but people die brutally. <laughs> um, I think it's done that insanely well. Um, and I think it's going to be probably the show's greatest strength going forward, I think, is having just sort of so much stuff to do. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um because I have, because obviously, I'd like, you know, I've kind of become a fan of the show. And obviously with that comes, you know, Googling, you know, images of art and stuff like that. Um, and it's, I mean, I don't have any spoiled or anything. And I think that's going to be very interesting going forward. Like, try not get spoiled with the entire comic book series. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's already been done and out. Um, but I've seen, like, so many images where there's, there's, like, Mark. And then, like, there's so many other, there's, like, so many other characters in the background. <laughs> um, and it's, like... I'm just wondering, like, we're going to get all these characters, and, and it, if the show keeps up, up this, you know, this quality, they're all going to be as interesting as these these first season characters who have all been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least, at the very least, insanely fun. Um, um, and I think it's... I cannot wait to get to it, and I think it's going to be interesting seeing, you know, going forward, how the show progresses, and I think... And I think for more, I want to talk about the voice acting, actually, because the voice acting has been, across the board, like, incredible. Um, mm-hmm. shout out to Mark Hamill just being in different shows all the time <laughs> if it's animation you can guarantee Mark Hamill's going to be there <laughs> just doing his thing uh, yeah um, um, uh, J.K. Simmons he's just he's perfect the entire way through um, that voice and the look just the look of Nolan and you think yes yes this is this is superhero dad <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, you know, he also plays murderous, you know, psychopath very well. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, it feels like he's going to start shouting, not my tempo, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's bringing, like, both these different things, and I think, I'm hoping I say the name right, but Stephen Stephen Yun? Stephen mm-hmm. Glenn from Walking Dead? Um, <laughs> even though I haven't seen the show, I keep him calling Glenn from Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but him and especially in the, the finale he's sort of like exasperated almost crying um and brutally like shocked to his core kind of performance during the entire fight especially was so so good um mm-hmm. him kind of like having an emotional breakdown at the same time trying to do these physical things was so well done and 
this like amazing. I think it's, I mean, I think we talked about earlier over text. Um, the moment where he's like, when uh, Nolan's like, um, you know, you'll live for like a thousand years, and like this is gonna be seventeen years of your life. I've been here. Um, it's really tiny mm-hmm. in comparison. It says, you know, everyone you love will die and all that, and then he has that one moment mark where he's like, because <laughs> like Nolan asks him like, what would you have um, if you keep on caring about these people? And he has that Mark has that moment where he's like, he's like on the ground and he's bleeding <laughs> like from every kind of place you can bleed from um and he just goes i would have had you <laughs> and it does and, yeah oh my god <laughs> it's just an unexpected absolute kick in the gut um yeah and again that, that's one of, that's one of the one of the strengths in that these people these characters they just feel like they have templates of things we've recognized like I've seen people mm-hmm. compare. Obviously, you have Omni Man being very comparable with Superman. Yeah. Um, and you have the fact that Mark Grayson has aspects of Peter Parker in him. And I, I, I've seen people mm-hmm. make that yeah. comparison. But now I've seen this. To me, there isn't anyone that they're they're copying. Like yeah, I guess like, archetypes. I, I I I no longer think in my mind. Oh. Omni-Man is bad Superman. That's not how I think of it now. I think Omni-Man is Omni-Man, and I think they've earned the right to be their own thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's, for me, it was at most... I mean, when I first saw the show, like the first episode, it was very much, oh, he's Superman, this is Batman, but not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then it kind of... I think going from that forward, I think it became obvious to me that it wasn't so much, you know we're just doing DC, but not quite. It was definitely kind of a an archetype type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Whether this taking, you know, not generic, but, you know, like the, you know, what we always kind of see and then changing it to fit a different thing. Um, and, you know, even in the even in the first, epi- the first episode when um, the team at the end, you know, the entire Guardians get killed, um, even like in that one hour episode, you have an entire, you know, entire scene with, with every character in their normal life. Um, mm-hmm. I think like Red Rush, you have him with his girlfriend, and you have, you know, this version of the, the Martian Manhunter, but with, you know, I guess like an adopted child, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. So many, like, different moments that you didn't didn't need to have, but they were there, and they helped massively when it came to the ending, where you weren't just watching people brutally and out of nowhere just die by this person you kind of thought was going to be the main leader um it was also like oh these people, these people they were people they weren't just you know they don't just like archetypes and that was it yeah these were these were complete superheroes you know yeah. um yeah like you said it it uses what we're familiar with like it uses designs that are similar to, to batman and wonder woman to help us get that initial level of understanding like that initial foothold on what's going on here but it used that so well. I could, it built on that so well. Um, it's very cleverly written. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. you end up with this just complete, well-rounded set of characters. Yeah. It's... I think it's... I think also it helps that. Um, in the back of my mind, I'm always... How the, the kind of... Um, the, the, the surety to lie on that. The comic book has been out for a while now. And I don't mm-hmm. think... As far as I'm aware, there's, there's nothing disappointing about how it ends or whatever it might be um mm-hmm. and even though it's going to be tricky i think going from now on to 
not be spoiled on it from the comic book. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, people people are going to be like, oh well, they're going to do this because this is what happened in the comic. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting trying to avoid spoilers, but also at the same time, it's nice having a very kind of rare kind of oh, the creator that already made this is doing it again for an animated form, and it's already very good. <laughs> um, yeah, what what kind of gives me hope in that regard? Or does it give me hope? Because I'm not despairing or anything. But one of the things that sort of offers me a bone that maybe I won't get it spoiled is, as I've mentioned before, Robert Kirkman, Walking Dead. And when they adapted The Walking Dead, they made several key changes. Mm-hmm. And throughout the entire thing, they, they used the base comic books as a basis, but they changed things around and made it so that you have a rough idea. If you've read the comic, you have a rough idea of what's coming, mm-hmm. but you don't actually know. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's one of the greatest things that Walking Dead was able to do, and I feel like you're going to see that with Invincible. Because of what I am aware of, there are still some changes between what we've seen and what's in the first parts of the comic. Mm-hmm. Again, not, yeah, nothing I, major, but there are still a few yeah. differences. Yeah, I've, def- I've watched some like, reactions slash reviews of different people that have uh, actually read the comic, and it's been interesting hearing, like, this was the same, but not quite. Like you said there, it's kind of like, it is the same event, but not done the same way, um, mm-hmm. or like maybe a different, like a different perspective. Um, which I imagine must be really interesting, like creatively for Robert Kirkman going back to these stories and kind of going, but what was it like from this sort of viewpoint, and what was it like doing different, like a different pace of it? Um, mm-hmm. And it was um, was Robert Kirkman involved in the entirety of the 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 Walking Dead show? He. He 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 hasn't written an episode. Oh okay, right. But he's been executive producer on every season. Mm-hmm. Like he's still he's, he, he he worked on it and he's still working on it. Right, just in the background. <laughs> yeah, um, like I know, I know he's producing the Rick film. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he like he, he's never had the direct hands on a thing that he's taken with Invincible, but mm-hmm. he has He'll... had a role in the Walking Dead TV show. Yeah. Because he's like writing this and sure running it, I think. Mm. Which is always nice having. Initially for Walking Dead, it was all Frank Darabont that sort of said, we're going to make it into a TV show. Mm-hmm. Whereas this definitely feels like it is Kirkman that is the main driving force behind it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think it's it's so nice having the person who made it make it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. And also, it's great that we now live in sort of like a, a period where a comic book writer can say, "I'll get us. Let's give it a go." Mm-hmm. Like yeah. before, before it had been, we've got this comic book and we're going to adapt it. But shall we ask the writer if they want input? Nah, let's just get somebody else in. <laughs> but now we live in an area where, thankfully, people feel comfortable to have that. And like, like, like as we've seen with this show, it has produced one of the the greatest superhero things we've seen for a very long time. In fact, ever. I totally agree, and uh, yeah, I'd love to show so much. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's hard to like, kind of, I don't know why, but it's kind of difficult to kind of, I guess, get into the different ideas of it because it's so just well done that you don't notice the, I don't know, like the like the seams, I guess, of like putting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it's a great show, and I think if you're not watching it, it's you definitely should. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But also, uh, I think it does a really good job at world building. Um, mm, yeah. In the sense that I didn't even really realize it was world building until 
like the ending of the finale where I was like, oh, this is all going to come back in some sort of way. <laughs> um, Mars is an actual thing that's going to come back into play and there's like a, a Seth Rogen is like, oh, there's a, there's a federation of planets out there that are doing the same thing as you. Um, which is just like, you know, it's weirdly just hinting towards stuff right at the moment, but not quite doing it yet. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it's being like kind of the tried and, tried and tested, proven way to do these sort of things. Yeah, um, like focus on all the story you're telling at the moment and lay a few seeds, but don't... Don't don't um, don't amazing Spider Man to it. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, and again, I think a great moment of just like kind of like a perfect kind of condensing of what the show is like tonally is that scene where Mark first tries to defeat uh, Seth Rogen's character, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of it kind of starts out very you know uh, superhero versus villain type thing, and it ends up being two people talking about high school <laughs> on the moon <laughs> um, and it's just like so lovely <laughs> um, but yeah do you have any other thoughts about the show? just that I love it what about you? Uh, I don't know it's really hard because I've enjoyed it so much that it's hard to like pick out specific things from it um, mm-hmm. I really I actually was surprised when you said that the the lower rated episode was um, uh, the highest the university one uh-huh. Um because I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was kind of a high point of the the middle kind of episodes. Yeah, I do. I um, think it's a perfect example of how they built up these sort of supporting characters. Yeah, and I love the the concrete man person. Oh yeah, <laughs> that love whole. That. <laughs> yeah, I love like the again the different ideologies of Mark and Nolan, where Nolan's like, Just don't trust him at all. Um, and even though he was somewhat right. It's interesting that when you think about it in from the finale and then back onto that episode, he was coming at it from a point of view of all human beings at this point of like all human beings are terrible <laughs> and mm-hmm. don't deserve any of our help. Um, so interesting. Um, again, I think another standout moment for me was, you know, Buggy had you know Falcon Winter Soldier had you know Bucky having a barbecue. Um, this show had for me, I think a really hard hitting moment for me was. When Northern's talking to us to Mark, and everyone in the base is kind of like listening in, including Debbie, and he says, "Yeah, I love your mother, but like more like a pet." That, oh, when he said that, I I I curled into a ball. <laughs> that that's pain. That is pain. Mm-hmm. Um, God damn it! Yeah, really hurt, but I love the show. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my final thought, I guess, on the show. Mm. I also like, as in, sort of, to bring it back to the idea of like the barbecue thing, I really love that sort of, at the end, you have that scene where there's the four high school kids just sat in a, like a, a, a fast food thing, just chatting. Yeah. And just, that, just being um, friends. Yeah. And the guy was like, the best friend was like, oh yeah, but it's hard to talk about anything else when the entire world is talking about this one thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> What a yeah, show. It's a good show. Um, but yeah, I think that's our, our all our thoughts into an hour and 31 minutes, I think. So, uh-huh. <laughs> there we go. We're doing well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, do you want to wrap it up? I can do. I'll, I'll wrap it up. Um, I haven't I haven't done the wrap up for a while. Um, <laughs> this is going to be this is going to be shaky. Fasten your seatbelts. Let's see how it goes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much for listening. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed hearing our thoughts on Invincible and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, if you agree with us, if you disagree with us, if you're somewhere in the middle, if you disagree with some parts and agree with other parts, 
feel free to you know let us know what what you think. Send us a send us a private message or comment on uh, the the advert when this goes out. We are mm-hmm. more than happy to talk to you about it, and we we will we will talk till the cows come home. That's why we are a podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> all we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, if you have enjoyed, please leave a like or uh, share our podcast with your friends and your your family and your, your dog. And you can We draw the line at hamsters. Yeah. But you know, dogs and Don't cats. Don't really like hamsters. <laughs> Maybe even horse. Play it to your horse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we hope you enjoyed. Um, reviews get, help us out so much on, um, I think you can do it on iTunes. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we appreciate all the interaction. We appreciate you very much. Thank you for 600 followers on Instagram. Yeah. And you can still find more original content from us on Instagram at the Marvelous Cinema Podcast and on Twitter at Cinema Marvelous. I have been your co-host Matthew. And I have been your co-host Henry. Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>